0: The Great Migration This is the Wild Eye Podcast. No one can fail to be moved by the Great Migration, the world's greatest year round movement of large mammals. It involves about two million animals which, annually for thousands of years, have tracked around the ecosystem of Serengeti and the Massamara, motivated by differences in soils, rainfall and in search of grazing. About 1.5 million wildebeest take part, along with about 200,000 zebra, 350,000 Thompson's gazelle, and a few thousand Eelant. Hi everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from WildEye, and in this episode I wanted to just share a little bit of background information around the Great Migration. It's, it is spectacular. I've been there for 10, 12 years now going to, to view the Great Migration with guests, and It never disappoints. So I thought in this episode, let me dig into some of the guidebooks that I have. Uh, I'll share the book at the end of this as well, and just share some of the details around this incredible natural phenomenon. Now, when did we find out about the Great Migration? Because we've been—I mean, anybody that you speak to, they know of the Great Wildebeest Migration. But when did it start? So, in the 1950s, the father and son team, Bernard and Michael Grzmack, began to count the wildebeest in Serengeti. They were both zoologists from the Frankfurt Zoological Society. Using a small airplane, they made the first attempts to evaluate the enormity of the migrations. And then in 1959, they published a book called The Serengeti Shall Not Die, thus bringing the attention of the world to this amazing phenomenon. Sadly, Michael died while doing the work when his aircraft collided with a vulture in the southeast Serengeti. So even though this this thing that is the migration has been going on for a long, long time, it's only in 1959 when the book Serengeti Shall Not Die was released that the general population, us, normal people, found out about it. So why does it occur? Over many thousands of years, just as birds seasonally migrate all over the world, so do wildebeest and zebra move around the Serengeti ecosystem. Whether or not each animal rationalizes, rationalizes its movements is doubtful, though some believe they do. But the benefits from the variations in rainfall and soils between the Serengeti and the Massa Mara are clear, with each complementing the other. At different times of year, the wildebeest need to be in what they perceive to be the right place. Now, if you um, if you've travelled with us or if you followed some of our content, you know that in the Mara Triangle we put up our Mara camp from about July through November. And that for us has always been fantastic to focus on this incredible phenomenon. But the migration carries on year round, they keep on going all the way. So, if we look at it from an annual point of view, starting in January, where do these wildebeest move to? So, January to March, calving takes place on the nutrient rich short grass plains of the southeast Serengeti and in Goran Conservation Area. About 300,000 wildebeest calves are born over a period of three weeks. From April, May to June, the herds are on the move to the west and to the Maswa game reserve, north past the Morukopis, into the western corridor and across the Grumeti River. The rutting, or mating, takes place on the hoof, so they just keep going, walking while they do this. Eight and a half months to the next carving. Meanwhile, in the Masamara, to the north, grasses are growing again in response to the long rains that's fallen up there. So July through October, The herds usually arrive in the Masai Mara in the Southern Triangle and along the border in July. They stay until all the grass is eaten, crossing the Mara River repeatedly. Serengeti herds are then joined by another group from the Loita Plains, which heads into from the northeast. So like I say here, from July to November we put our camp up and that's prime time. Now the reason why the Triangle is such a good catchment, if you will, for these wildebeest is they move up from the south, Serengeti, which is huge. They hit the escarpment, which is a little mountain range on the northwestern side of the triangle, and this forces them towards the river. I've always said, imagine taking 500 people, putting them on a football field, and now squish 500 onto a tennis court. It just becomes a little bit more intense. Right, so then November to December, heading home, the seamlessly endless line of animals tramp across the border into the woodlands of the Serengeti National Park and the Loliondo controlled area. As soon as the rains come, the animals spread out once more into the short grass plains of the south. They keep moving south, and then the carving happens again down in the southern Serengeti area. So that's kind of the... the I want to say the standard, but that's more or less the movements. Now remember, this is not just one big herd that comes and goes. These things are moving forward and back and forward and back and forward and back all the time. So you could have at any point in time, for example, have wildebeest in the Mara Triangle and then spread well, well, well down into the Serengeti towards Grumeti. This all depends on rainfall and, and soils and feed and such like this. So, the crossing of the Mara River. Now, like I said, this happens because as these animals move north, chasing the rain and the food, they hit the escarpment, which is, uh, like I said, one of the borders of the triangle. It then pushes them over towards the river, and that's where they have to cross the river, which is a massive obstacle for them. By the time the wildebeest arrive, the Mara River is a languid stream between 20 and 50 meters wide. It's apparent Peace belies its dangers, and annually, thousands of animals will die attempting to cross it. There are not only Africa's biggest crocodiles laying in wait, but jagged rocks to snare terrified animals, and the sheer banks frequently making escape from the river almost impossible. And lastly, there's the sheer panic of thousands of animals trying to cross the river all at once. Now, a lot of people don't want to see that kind of thing where the animals are, are dying and falling and stuff. It's unfortunately a natural part of it. Right? We often have crossings where there's no injuries and no death. These things just run straight in and out. But again, sometimes there's crocodiles, sometimes there's not. Sometimes they choose a bad crossing point where the other side is virtually inescapable. Other times they choose a good one. So this is nature, unfortunately. To get to the southern triangle, the migration route will have already crossed the combined Mara Sand River. So the animals already know the dangers of a river crossing. Wildebeest and zebra often congregate in their thousands on the banks of the river prior to crossing, almost waiting for the signs to be right. Now, if you've been with us, we've waited for days and days and hours for these things to cross. Closer back, closer back. They mainly use long-established crossing points so we generally know where the crossings will be. The massing of the herd may go on for hours or days, then one brave animal will step into the water and the rest of them, perhaps even up to 10,000 at a time, will follow, frequently in the most frenzied activity seen in the animal world. In a good crossing, only a few animals will be taken by crocodiles. However, huge number of animals often fail to arrive at the gently shelving exit point on the opposite bank and end up too far downstream to be met with the sheer earthen banks found along most of the river. We've seen at some of the crossing points up close to Derisha and, uh, what's the other one? Indorvu, there's very strong hairpin and bands, and when they start crossing there, the younger ones that are not swimming strong enough, they get washed down, which then makes it tough for them to get out. Panic ensues and, and wildebeest upon wildebeest try to escape from the water, and large numbers can die. However, the vast majority successful make the crossing, often only to repeat it a few days later. I've mentioned this in the past. We've sat watching wildebeest cross the river. They'll literally cross around, they'll see ooh, there's another group, runs to that group and crosses back. I've heard of a study where some researchers put like a collar or a tracking beacon of sorts on a male wildebeest and in one season from July to October in the Mara Triangle, he crossed the river nine times. So it's not like they just come and go. A lot of people think these wildebeest just come, they run through the river and they carry on, it's not the case. So they'll be in and out, forward and back, forward and back, until the grass is pretty much done, and the weather system changes back south so they start going south again. The Great Migration is spectacular, it's an incredible thing to see. And as with anything popular in the world, I mean, if you go to any of the the famous landmarks around the world, it is popular for a reason, and there might be a lot of people there, but It is still something I believe that's worth seeing. What we often tell our people, uh, our guests at the Wild Mara Camp, is we manage it as best we can. And if it's it's not a high chance of happening, but there's too many vehicles, we'll go elsewhere. In another episode, I'm going to talk about the different biomes in the Mara Triangle and how that can affect the game viewing as well as seasonality. But we've had instances where on the Mara Triangle, um, Mara Reserve side, there was just way too many vehicles, but it's a good crossing. We say to the people, look through your camera, focus on the action. So live through your camera for a moment. It kind of gives you that tunnel vision onto the good stuff. And as soon as it's done, let's leave. It's phenomenal. It's, um, it's something I can highly recommend for if you haven't ever seen it. Uh, even with that said, I've had people who've come to our camp six, seven years now, and they just can't get enough of not only the, the great migration and the river crossings, but the, the energy that that injects into the area. Many years ago, I did a blog post on the Wild Eye website called uh, The Two Sides of the Migration, and I was referring there to what happens in the north, like in the triangle when the crossings happen, and then down in the south when the carving season happens. Same wildebeest, same lions and things, but the river crossings and that intensity adds a huge dynamic to the experience. So uh, I hope that helps. I hope, you, hope this gives you a little bit more information on the river crossings and the Great Migration as a whole. But if you have any questions, Jerry uh, at wildeye.com, G-E-R-R-Y at wildeye, two words, W-I-L-D with a hyphen, dot com. If you have any questions that I can help with or if you'd like to arrange to get to see the migration, trust me, it's worth it. Guys, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for lending me your ears. I'll chat to you in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one. Bye for now.